0: Welcome to episode number 17 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by some of the brightest minds in all of the gambling industry this week. We have Dustin Gawker, and for real this time, we have Eric Ramsey. Eric, let everyone know you are actually here.
1: I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I'm here. Can, is, can you guys hear me? Can you see, hear
0: me now? See, you were shamed publicly last week, and I think that's the reason why you went and got new yep. internet this week. And I think that our audience should know that that works. So from here on out, when you want Eric to do something, just publicly shame him and he will do it for you.
1: I deserved every bit of it.
0: Yes, as you did, Dustin, thanks for being here. We will get Brett back on next week. And guys, we got some stuff that we are going to talk about with DraftKings and how they've got some some crazy Some crazy rumors floating around out there. They got a new contest that's going to be coming. We'll talk some New Jersey sports betting numbers and how that all broke down. We'll talk some Vegas stuff. There's a casino here in town that is looking to expand their brand. We'll talk about that and give our thoughts. Of course, Dustin and I are going to have a little back and forth about Major League Baseball and DraftKings with their marketing relationship. And we'll close up here Uh, Just taking a look at the mainstream media and how they are going about talking about this upcoming football season and how they're going about advertising kind of the different lines and how things are going and the betting movements and everything that are going on out there. But as always, guys, we are on iTunes. Please subscribe, rate and review. We're also on Stitcher. Uh, You're welcome, Jess Wellman out there who wanted us to get on the Stitcher. We are on that as well now, but please subscribe, rate and review. That helps us climb those charts and of course gets us more listeners and will keep us gainfully employed over here. And quick hits as we get things going here, West Virginia. This is a state that you've heard us talk about a couple of different times here, but Eric, we actually have some news this time.
1: Yeah, West Virginia is going to be the next state to launch sports betting. Uh, You guys hinted last week about the shenanigans going on there behind the scenes with the governor. Regulators are moving forward. Uh, Late last week, after you guys recorded, they started issuing licenses. So we have at least two operators with licenses. Uh, Hollywood Casino, which is owned by Penn National, got the first. And then right after that, FanDuel got the second. FanDuel is going to operate the sportsbook for the Greenbrier, which is the private resort there. Uh, Obviously, the main goal is the the statewide online presence for FanDuel there. So things moving forward in West Virginia, targeting a September 1st launch still, it looks like.
0: Now, Dustin, you and I did did some Google machining. We looked at some of the stuff with the Greenbrier. Apparently, the way that that works there is if you are a resident of the actual neighborhood there, you can go to the Greenbrier. If you are a guest at the actual hotel resort there, that you can go to the casino there. But past that, Um, You just have to be a member of the tennis club, which apparently runs about $1,900 a year. And then you are able to go to the casino. But past that, there's no other way to get in there. So as Eric kind of alluded to here, this whole FanDuel partnership, I mean, look, they're will certainly be some, some physical presence we imagine there. I mean, uh, the home started a million dollars inside the Greenbrier neighborhood, so definitely some wealthy people that, that live there, and I'm sure we'll stop by and occasionally do some wagering. But this is, from our end here, seems to be more of an online play.
2: Yeah, I mean to be to do offer online sports betting in West Virginia you have to partner with one of the existing five casinos. So we presume that this is not just focused on getting some some whales to bet at the green buyer. It is focused on being able to offer a mobile product wide more widely in West Virginia. So I'd be shocked if that's not the case. Also wanna point out that if you, you have to bet in your in your sport coat if you go to the green buyer, right? That's that's correct that, I, I think.
0: Yeah, that is. Definitely after seven PM we saw. After seven PM the only way you're let in is if you have on a sport coat. Um and I guess they recently loosened the rules a little bit where they do allow denim, but they it has to be very dark shades of denim. So if you if you want to wear your sport coat with denim, be sure that you are wearing your darkest pair of blue jeans no, or they no are not yes, no no. they're not going to let you in over there. Um I, I saw a commercial recently where Phil Mickelson is actually owns a home in the Greenbrier there, and we know that Phil has done his fair share of wagering um, across, it, definitely here in Vegas and probably elsewhere, so he'll probably be visiting the Greenbrier, I would imagine, placing down some a few bets here and there. But yeah, interesting times there for sure. West Virginia looks to be getting going here pretty soon now some interesting news for people who we talk about poker stars and people who are familiar with the poker industry obviously the the giant the behemoth within that industry right now so dustin poker stars making some news here though in the united states
2: yeah, PokerStars already in New Jersey. Uh, obviously, a well-known brand for people who played online poker, uh, going back uh, l- many years now. When it was when PokerStars and other op- international operators operated around the U.S. So, PokerStars going to Pennsylvania, partnering with a casino called Mount Airy in the Poconos. Uh, they'll be offering online gambling, online poker, and sports betting through likely the BetStars brand in Pennsylvania. So, uh, we kind of knew this deal was coming, but this is this makes it official. Uh, an announcement from both sides and Mount Airy also uh, was approved for uh, online gambling on like, you know, online poker uh, today by Pennsylvania regular. So PokerStars coming to Pennsylvania for sure.
0: Yeah, way back when PokerStars acquired a company called Victive and it was a da- daily fantasy DFS company there. Uh, Kept that staff, at least some of them, on payroll here for the last couple of years, actually. Um, I I imagine working kind of behind the scenes doing stuff like that, but did recently announce that 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 some of those guys were actually going to be heading up kind of the sports betting op, uh, arm of that here in the United States. So uh, good to see that. I I always enjoyed playing at Victive. I thought it was a pretty good product and certainly some good people behind that company as well. Eric, back in the day, did you did you try your hand at Victive or were you mainly just a are are you mainly still just a, a DraftKings and FanDuel guy?
1: I did, actually. I, that was kind of a name from the past that I had almost forgotten about. Um, yeah, I thought it was a sharp, sharp little site for the brief time it was in operation under its own brand. Definitely splashed around on there.
0: Yeah, pretty interesting. So those guys apparently will have something to do with the whole sports betting product there for Poker Stars as well. And we have us a lawsuit, guys. Um, one of the stories that we talked about here pretty extensively on this podcast on a couple of different occasions was the fact that when FanDuel was changing hands, that Some of the guys you thought that would have, you know, struck it rich, basically gotten a windfall of cash were actually not getting all of that cash that one would expect whenever you found a company that sold for several hundred million dollars. Dustin, so this this kind of comes down and of course, this kind of a, a not a very well guarded secret either that something like this was was happening, but it became official.
2: Yeah, four of the founders of FanDuel, including former CEO Nigel Eccles, uh, uh, filed suit in Scotland uh, against uh, their former company and Patty Power Betfair, which acquired FanDuel and has now been using that as their sports betting arm in the U.S. So uh, they say... Uh, I won't get too into the weeds, but they basically say they were they do do 120 million dollars because of how the sale went down that they that they didn't value at Fandle uh, as valuable enough when they when they made the sale. So whether they get any of this money, uh, we don't really know. It's I, I find it hard to believe the case will get to a final conclusion. I think it's far more likely we'll see a settlement uh, out of court and that uh, the the old founders will get some of of the money that they think they're due.
0: Yeah, Eric, I'm no attorney here, but I guess that least there's there's at least some bit of, of validity and argument here that i was reading a couple of guys that are attorneys that were looking at this and saying that the company wasn't reevaluated wasn't reevaluated whenever they basically the the supreme court decision came down with paspa and the reason for that being that some of the people that were into getting that windfall of cash it didn't necessarily do them any favors to take a look at that valuation yet again because then the money might have to be actually spread out a little bit more thin so um i guess the i guess the thought here is that at least it's not a frivolous lawsuit
1: Yeah, this is maybe a little bit above me, maybe a little a little deep for all of us in the financial situation. But I mean, you at least have to feel for the founders here, just looking at the top level at what's what's going on from a bird's eye view. It's, um, you know, it's not great to start a company like this and then be left mostly empty-handed at the end of it. Um, I think Dustin's probably right. A a settlement does seem like a, a likely scenario out of this. The The group KKR actually has a a history of doing things like this in the past with other investments. So just kind of a sticky business situation here that will that's going to be resolved in the courts.
0: I can tell you guys this. If I ever start a company that sells for multiple hundreds of millions of dollars and I don't make any money off of it, somebody somebody's getting sued or something like it is like something is happening. I can promise you that like there's no way in hell I'm going down without a fight. Like I'm doing everything I possibly can to get my hand on some cash.
2: As, as, as you should. I, I find that scenario hard to believe also, but, you know, maybe it'll happen.
0: <laughs> so getting into some of the bigger stories here and certainly a story that has done very well for us across our network of sites as far as as far as people getting uh, getting clicks on this and, and making sure that that people are interested. I mean, I, I listen. I joked about it last week and the whole. The whole, you know, company, which companies that DraftKings might could partner with, and the whole Buffalo Wild Wings deal, and and things like that. But this story really has blown up, Dustin. I mean, this was something that we put out and kind of, kind of joked about a little bit. But you know, I I went ahead and said that I'm a little desensitized to stuff like this. Living here in Vegas, where I see gambling all the time, and and I, you know, you can walk into any gas station, any convenience store, and it's right in front of your face. This whole Buffalo Wild Wing story really, really has taken off. I mean, the mainstream media picked up on this real quick and has run with it. I mean, I saw a segment on on Sports Center about it. I saw <laughs> several of their 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 talking head shows were talking about this. I mean, like this is a this is a pretty major story.
2: Yeah, sometime at some point, this is just going to become the DraftKings sportsbook podcast, right? I mean, there's <laughs> like, we, we, we we I'm looking at our notes and we have like five items about DraftKings to to go down. The Buffalo Wild Wing story. It was it was reported by. Uh, a website, Gaming Today, I believe, just like as a, they threw it off as a as a one-off in the middle of another of a longer story. We picked up on it and wrote a couple of our sites. Uh, I wrote a story then at Legal Sports Report uh, saying Buffalo Wild Wings and DraftKings are are close to a deal. Buffalo Wild Wings has said said they want to get involved in sports betting somehow. They didn't say it would be with DraftKings, um, but yeah, there's uh, you know this this kind of captures the imagination of you know sports betting sports betting at a restaurant that serves beer and as as has TVs with sporting events on it. This is. It seems like a thing that makes too much sense to happen. So um, it, it, it probably actually will happen in some in some way. It's just a matter of how. But yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, in, in getting into the sports betting industry or its, its desire to do so, has really kind of blown up in, in the mainstream media, at least
0: yeah and Eric I mean I know you've uh you go to the DraftKings site whenever you play DFS and things like that one of the things I noticed that kind of after this came out and we we were joking about it on the podcast last week about which would be the the next place to go and I said it seemed like the logical thing would certainly be Hooters and then you can go to the DraftKings website as it is right now and I think it's just a marketing deal I don't think there's any sort of formal partnership but they actually already even have something going with with <laughs> With Hooters right now. So, I mean, it, it seems like this whole pairing up with restaurants thing and, and going after a pretty specific demographic is certainly something that's not new to them.
1: Yeah. And we're still trying to get over the, the I guess, shock factor of it to some extent. It's still a new concept for us uh, here outside of Nevada. But again, this is happening to some extent in Nevada and other markets already. This is something that will over time will become desensitized to a lot of Agreements like this are likely to pop up in in the more lenient states um, You know, I think about video poker in in bars in vegas. It's just something you barely even notice anymore It's just a thing that's there um, I I see that going this direction with sports betting in the future, too
0: uh, again another topic here in DraftKings, and we joke about this in our company slack chat that they're trying to set a record for the amount of Announcements that can happen over a two or three week span here but one of the things that uh, was announced as well. We talked about Charles Barkley was going to be announced, uh, you know, and in, in they teased an announcement and finally did it, you know, and it was Charles Barkley was going to be a spokesperson for them. They're going to be releasing commercials and things with Charles Barkley. And then one of the things that came up with with some of the people in our network was that maybe Charles Barkley wasn't the right person to go about basically, uh, you know, endorsing gambling, if you will, because he has a long history of being a gambler. And I think that some of the thought process behind this is maybe a little a little overblown from the fact that I don't know if it's really a thing where you can look at someone who has the money to lose and call it an addiction. I mean, a lot of times I think we throw around being a gambling addict a little too frivolously. for some. Of the, I, there's a difference between losing a lot of money that you have to lose and being a gambling addict. I mean, certain people just have certain ways of, enter- of of entertaining themselves. And I don't think that we look at someone that goes on incredibly lavish vacations and say, oh, this person has a vacation addiction or something like that. I mean, and so for me, I don't know how, how you guys feel, but I think that the tr- whole Charles Barkley thing actually is kind of a perfect fit for DraftKings and what they're going after a guy that is certainly popular in the area played for a team that you could basically consider a hometown team there, Jersey and uh, the seven, you know, Philadelphia sports teams obviously have a, have a lot of a fan base there over there in Jersey and stuff. So I'll start with you, Dustin here. I think that you kind of see both sides of the coin.
2: Yeah. Look uh, you know, if, if Charles Barkley had a history of like, turning himself in for gambling tr- addiction treatment, or, I mean, I would, I would say this is a bad choice, but that's not the case. He's a, he's a person who obviously gambles a lot likes to gamble and has lost a lot in the past. We, we know all these things. So, um, you know, I don't like, I, I don't see that as like the end of the world. Like it's just not, it doesn't red that doesn't resonate with me. I mean, you can, you can pick nits on whether you like Charles Barkley pitching the product for, for other reasons, but I'm not a huge, I don't think that's a huge problem in that, that Chuck, uh, the gambles a lot. Of. but like I said, if he was getting, if he was getting actively treated for it, bad luck, or if he right. had been, been out doing it in the past, bad luck, but it's, I don't think it's a bad look from that standpoint.
0: Eric, go ahead and agree with us here. Come on, let's do this. Yep. Let's do this.
2: gotta
1: agree with you guys. He's a notorious better, but not, not someone we would think of as a problem, better or problem. Gambler doesn't have that established reputation. Uh, seems to have a good mainstream appeal. The, the sort of guy you would hang out with at a sports bar, uh, yeah, I have no no problem with it.
0: Listen, I'll admit I'm kind of a Mark. Probably one of my favorite. Uh, you know, I I watch more sports on television than is healthy, and I'll fully admit that. So, I, listen, I'm I, I'll listen. I'll admit it, my problem. My problem is I watch too much sports. So I'm, I'll go ahead and admit that to everyone listening here, um, and my wife would probably agree with that as well. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he's one of my favorite personalities on television. He's a guy that's kept himself relevant over the years, even after he quit playing here. Uh, and I think that this is just kind of a guy that the that, that a retired athlete that's got a good personality, kind of funny. And I think it, you know, I'm sure they will pay him to show up at various events and stuff. And he's a guy that's going to draw a crowd. He's a guy that people are going to want to take pictures with and get autographs and hear stories and different things like that. So I don't know. I think it's a pretty good move. I know that some people might, uh, might disagree, but guess what? If you're listening to that, you're wrong. You're wrong. I think All this- of this.
1: The stuff they've been putting out on social media, the little ad spots are, are pretty decent so far. They're educational and entertaining and informative and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think they're doing a good job with what they got. And
0: then DraftKings comes out just out of nowhere and says that they're starting a new variant of game. And it is going to be called Flash Draft. And Flash Draft, as you might imagine, means it's going to happen very quickly how quickly, you might ask, well, Dustin, it seems that we're going to be drafting in about 30 seconds, and we're going to be doing it between quarters and halves of games. Now, this is something that I know that you thought was probably inevitable, and I think you said it even with a little tongue-in-cheek, but, uh, but here it is, my friend. Here it is. Yeah,
2: it's uh, we knew this was coming. As soon as they went to single-game DFS, which uh, I think they rolled out for the Super Bowl right this year, uh, you knew that they were going to continue boiling it down. This is this is obvious that we're going to have DFS contests that lasted less than the entire uh, thing of a, uh, the entire length of a game. So yeah, now we have quarter by quarter uh, football fantasy football drafts at DraftKings, and uh, yeah, it's uh, I think I think this would have been probably unthinkable three years ago when when there is the the legal environment kind of swirling about them but now they you know they they are back to pushing the envelope let's do let's boil DFS down to even a smaller and smaller time frame uh you know you, you and I will probably not debate the the amount of skill in this I am sure there is skill in, in the in the flash draft once it goes live I'm, <laughs> I'm supposed to get a product demo tomorrow to see what it looks like but uh yeah I mean uh, good for DraftKings though in the end for you know they're innovating and- and you know whether this is legal uh you know i i am off the, i'm off the train of trying to say anything DraftKings uh, does is illegal nobody's uh, nobody's going to push back on this i think we we're, we're kind of past that uh in the world of fantasy but yeah fa- flash draft coming
1: it is pretty pretty clearly not legal under Eugea as i'm as i as i read it i mean it's pretty it's in black and white. Like you said, they're they're like the T the, the Rex in Jurassic Park. They keep testing the fence and see, seeing what works and they haven't had pushback yet, so I don't really expect any over this yet. But the wording in the the law they're up against, um pretty pretty clearly prohibits this without,
2: without nerding out too much on the on the law part the, eric mentioned UIGEA the unlawful internet uh, gambling enforcement act which which is why daily fantasy exists it has uh it, it has certain stipulations about what you have to do to have a real money fantasy contest and one of those is that the prize amount must be determine in advance uh for any fantasy contest. And that while well, that this does that, Flashcraft does that. There's a guaranteed prize amount. But there's also a bonus amount that is based on the more people to play the contest, the higher the bonus will be. Now that just seems like fancy language for getting around that you have to have the, the prize pool set in advance. Uh but you know, like like I said, I don't like I don't I don't know who's gonna challenge this and, you know, DraftKings is probably just going to continue doing this and, and nobody's gonna care.
0: Yeah. Other I don't... than you and yeah, I mean, I don't know the exact language, so I don't know. I got I mean, it.
2: You, you want me to
1: read it?
0: Yeah, yeah, I would like to hear it's that. It's one so. sentence.
1: All prizes and awards offered to winning participants are established and made known to the participants in advance of the game or contest, and their value is not determined by the number of participants or the amount of any fees paid by those participants.
0: So I guess that's maybe why they say that it's a bonus amount, right? So I bet you when we see this that you will sign up and it will be a typical payout structure, and then there will be a separate column that says for like bonus winnings or something like that. You know, like yeah, I, I mean, like
2: li- legal I, look, I'm sure DraftKings legal has been over this uh and, and they're fine with it. I mean, this is this is a company it's a regulated company now. Like yeah. I, like they can't like like they can't just go doing things willy-nilly. They're regulated both as a DFS operator and a sportsbook operator now in New Jersey. So uh, like I, I'm sure they've like this looks weird to 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 me when I've read UIGA and all the state laws at the U.S. fantasy, but at the same time, I don't think they're putting at risk their future on on a new product either.
0: Yeah, I mean, they hold contests, you know, where there's a guaranteed prize pool and then the bonus is, you know, uh, uh, tickets to other contests and stuff and different things like that. So, I mean, this kind of is the same deal. It's just it's just worded a little bit differently. But there are there are regular contests they hold where there is a fixed prize pool. But the there, you know, the first through 10th win a, you know, bonus ticket to a bigger contest or different things like that. So I I think that it probably comes all down to that. Reading more into the product, I thought it was more kind of a knockoff of the draft product, which is, you know, like the quick snake drafts and stuff. But uh, looking more into the product, it's actually more kind of like a boom fantasy type thing where they ask you a question and then you kind of have a multiple choice Uh, a, A way of going about it. It'll be like, you know, which one do you think is going to catch more passes in the second half? Who do you think will score more points in the next quarter? Who do you think whatever and then it gives you an actual like a multiple choice and then that's how you pick your team as opposed to basically just being able to pick whoever you want and stuff like that. So if you were thinking that it's like quick you know, like quick snake drafts or something that doesn't seem to be how it's going to, to work out. But I guess Dustin will have a full, you'll have a full report for us next week, right?
2: Yeah. I'm going to check out the product. Uh, I don't know when they're exactly launching it. Uh, obviously time for NFL season, but yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what it looks like. I mean, it looks like a cool product. I you know, everything DraftKings has been putting out is uh, has, has looked good and, and performed pretty well. Um, I I'm, I'm sure that people out there in the DFS community DFS community are going to hate this because they, they they already hated the showdown contest, so I think they're probably <laughs> going to hate this even more. Uh, the, the people who established but you know, I think you know, they they're trying to inter- they're trying to innovate. I, I can't blame them for that and they're they're doing all this in parallel. It's, it's kind of amazing that they're putting this kind of very different product out. At the same time, they're they're rolling out Sportsbook and doing all this. It's uh, nothing short of, of amazing what they've been putting out lately.
0: And finally, before we move on and then circle again back to some DraftKings stuff here, uh, apparently they have put together a committee of players that they are calling some sort of player advisory council thing. Where they got 10 different guys together and they apparently met over the weekend in New York and went over a bunch of stuff as to what they may or may not can do to make DFS more appealing, more, uh, you know, payout structures, bonus structures, different things like that. Uh, apparently, it's a little tight lipped. No one's really come out and said what they've actually talked about to date. Eric, what say you on something like this? I know that we've heard of player councils and poker before. The World Series of Poker set, set one up several years ago and things like that. Um, I mean, I guess, again, at the end of the day, it's hard for us to judge it until we see whether it succeeds or fails. But uh, not a great track record for things like these. But, uh, you know, hell, I guess it's better than nothing.
1: Yep. All of what you just said. I have pretty, pretty low expectations for this. It's hard to get... 10 DFS players or poker players or gamblers to agree on anything or to see the, you know, the business, the operator perspective, but uh, you have to give DraftKings credit for trying at least, you know, they formed their new community team earlier this year. And this seems to be them that's behind this effort to, uh, to gather a group of players and get direct input and feedback. We've seen them implement some, some suggestions already uh, throughout the recent months. Yeah. Credit kudos for trying. We'll we'll see what comes up with this uh, comes out of this, but um, have to like the idea at least.
0: Yeah, and Dustin, there was a they did at least put out the members of the committee here and like going down the list, if you're you know, if you're a if you're a if you're a high volume DFS player or if you're a big DFS fan and you follow all the high rollers and stuff, the really really the only name that stood out as far as guys that, you know, are really, really out there as far as put playing some of the highest stakes games out there was really Jonathan Bales. And past that it seemed to be made up mostly of, uh, you know, th- three guys remained even nameless because they said they were basically, you know, super casual players and the rest of the guys play, you know, lowish mid-stakes type stuff. So it doesn't seem like they were really kind of going after the high-volume, um, high-dollar player and mainly were kind of, it seemed, at least from this focus group, from the names we got, seems like they're looking more to the, the middle to low-stakes people.
2: Yeah, and this is something we're seeing carried over in Sportsbook, too. I think DraftKings is is looking to ca- to cater more to the casual DFS player, the casual sports better and if you're doing that you want you want people who are yeah, not not the not playing, you know, tens of thousands of dollars all the time. They, you want, you want the person who's just throwing a few bucks on and having fun, you know, maybe putting a lot of work, putting a lot of work into it. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to do this, that's, that's the, the people you want to, because those people are far outnumbered people who are are spending a lot of money on DFS.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things I think we forget is, you know, sometimes the people that are the most visible, are is who we almost is who we almost imagine is the industry but that's not really necessarily the case and certainly that's not going to be the majority of of new acquisitions new signups i mean they're they're still in customer acquisition mode i mean we talk a lot about sports betting on this podcast obviously but there's a handful of states that sports betting is going to be legal when football season rolls around and there's 40 states that DFS is legal. So, I mean, they still have a, a DFS business that they need to cater to here. And whenever we're talking about customer acquisition, Eric, I mean, the, just the, you know, the casual fan is, is going to outnumber the, the high volume player. You know, I would, I would guess something along the lines of a hundred to one, if not more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you, it sounds like you're kind of skeptical of the list they've chosen here, but I'm, I kind of, I'm with Dustin. I feel like this is the group that you'd want for, at least for my DFS habits as an avid, but, but recreational player, I I would like a group of similar, similar players representing myself.
0: I believe it. I believe it. I think everyone would probably want some representation of their, of their end. I saw, you know, there were several of the, you know, what would be considered whales, high volume, high dollar players out there who were saying interesting, interesting that we are not represented on this, on this panel here. But again, maybe that was Uh, by design looking here at new jersey we were all sitting around looking for the new jersey numbers to come out and when they did they were pretty eye-opening dustin let's start with you here and let's run through these sports betting numbers um pretty interesting stuff yeah so
2: uh first full month of of anybody being operational with physical sports books in new jersey we saw uh $40 40 million in handle, four million dollars in revenue. Uh these are, you know, I, I don't know what numbers we might have expected, but you know, given that there's basically uh there are basically three books open for the entire month and then FanDuel Sportsbook came open in the middle of the month for July. I mean, this seems like a pretty big number for July, one of the deadest months on the calendar for sports. Uh, you know, just nothing going not that much going on, thing you know, there's other things for people to do too. We're not to NFL season, so I think I think we we I mean I think there's a tendency here uh, as the as everybody's looking at this to overanalyze these numbers. Like we, 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 we have, we're not even close to maturity. We're looking at not NFL, not football numbers. So I, you know, I'm going to tamp down, like let's get super excited about anything we're seeing, but you know, this is far from a, this is, I mean, whether it's great or a disaster, I don't think it's a disaster. Certainly we're seeing lots of people betting millions of dollars. And I think that's that's a good thing for looking at the future of New Jersey sports betting.
0: And Eric, one of the things we talked about, and, and Dustin just mentioned, that the FanDuel book was only open for two weeks uh, during that month, but had a, a pretty good amount of handle here. And I think that the conclusion we're just going to draw and we will be proven correct or proven wrong here as football season rolls around is they, they probably stand there at the Meadowlands to do pretty well during football season due to their proximity to New York.
1: Yeah, this was the line item that jumped off the page to me. Um, about $1.4 million in revenue from Meadowlands in just, I guess, that's 17, 18 days of operation. Uh, that is the most in the state, even beating the other books that were open all month. Uh, you know, we Dustin's right, these, these absolute... Um, data is hard to really put into context, but we can compare comparisons are easy. Uh, Meadowlands about $75,000 a day in revenue next, uh, next highest earning property was ocean with about 33 K a day in revenue. So less than half, Uh, of the per day revenue Meadowlands already off to an awesome start and yeah have to think they are positioned to continue that with their their physical spot they're right near the the center of New York football
0: you know when we talk statistics and you know I'm a I'm a sports better I'm a DFS player I'm a gambler so you you talk about sample size when it comes to sports and things so this is a very small sample size however uh, one of the things that they did come out and say from the Meadowlands is you know it shares a parking lot with where the Giants and Jets play, and they provided a shuttle service back and forth, and they held a preseason game over there, and that preseason game did thirty percent of the of the handle for the day for the entire sports book there, and that was if you guys remember, there were twelve games on on preseason week one uh, that day, so there were twelve different games, but that one single game. Did 30 percent of the handle for the entire day, which leads us to believe, which is kind of something we have all thought, and you know, you see it in surveys and different things all the time. But you know, if people are going to a game and they have the means to bet on the game that they're going to, uh, they're going to do it, and, and getting a little skin in the game seems to be something that people uh, are going to to do. Which again leads even more to maybe this this Meadowlands. Uh, really blowing up for football season. But Dustin, that number, when they they put that out, that 30% of their daily came from that one game and it just happened to be the game that was happening across the street over there, kind of proves that whole theory that everyone has been spouting for the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, you're gonna see way more interest in, in the local games. Like, yeah, you know, once once the Philly area casinos get up and going, you're gonna see a ridiculous amount of, of handle on the Eagles games. I'm sure you're gonna uh, you're gonna see I'm sure out of black lines because everybody with the Eagles coming off a of Super Bowl is going to be betting on the Eagles. No matter no matter what kind of lines they're getting, they just want they just want to they, they want to be betting on the Eagles. They want to be rooting for the Eagles and having having money on them at the same time. So, uh, yeah, you're gonna see and you're gonna see that a lot. I think in New York and and the Meadowlands. And it'll be interesting, again, when we see online sports betting roll out in New Jersey uh, to see that same kind of, uh, you know, people in Philadelphia and New York areas betting on those local teams and how much more money is, is going in on those games. Eric, yeah, if- speaking of
1: which, that, that game was a milestone. You know, that was the first game, the first NFL game in the U.S. where uh, folks in the stands were likely betting on the game. Curiously, it was on the DraftKings sports book with the FanDuel sports book uh, located right across the street. But yeah, pretty you know, an interesting little milestone for for uh, U.S. sports betting there to me.
0: And and for the New Jersey resident who wants to bet and maybe for whatever reason don't like their options that are currently there, they've got a couple more, right?
1: Yeah, that that report from uh, July had five sports books open. We're gonna have seven at least by uh, by the time we get to next month. Resorts and Golden Nugget both open their sports book. This week, both use SB Tech to power their retail. Um, both are likely to launch mobile and online platforms at some point. Uh, both opened with pretty bad lines and uh, temporary spaces that don't look great. Resorts is not bad; it's just a small, a small space. Um, the Nugget is a very temporary window while their sportsbook is being finished. Their space is coming August thirtieth. Their final space, but um, yeah, again, I was kind of put off by the lines I saw in the in the photos.
0: And uh, Dustin, we're, as we said today. If you're in New Jersey and you want to wager online, it is still just DraftKings. Do we have any kind of hint as to when anyone might actually be launching another app here? I will put an over
2: under of of one online sports book will be on will be open by the time we record this podcast next week. Other than alright,
0: okay, I like that. I like that. So that is a that is what we call in the business people a tease because I think Dustin knows something that he doesn't want to share with everyone right now. Um, that being said, if you are a New Jersey resident, you can certainly head to any of our sites and. Get the, the the best download and promo codes you can get for the DraftKings sportsbook if you do want to use that and try that out and see how things look there for sure. Um, and one of the, before we get off in of New Jersey, one of the things that really, really, really stood out to you guys who have been studying these numbers for far longer than I have. And look, while the sportsbook numbers looked uh, certainly looked promising, again, we'll we'll really know how that all pans out as football season gets here. But these casino numbers, Dustin, uh, really jumped off the page.
2: Yeah, online casino continues to grow in New Jersey, which you know I think I think there's even a couple of years ago where we were figuring, oh, this is gonna plateau. It's kind of kind of be. Uh, this will be what it is, and this, it's it's pretty good. It was you know tens of millions of dollars, but we just hit a new record for a month, 26 million in revenue for New Jersey online casinos, led by uh, uh, more than a third of that by by Gold Nugget. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a vertical that continues to grow, uh, creates real real uh, revenue, real jobs for for New Jersey and Atlantic City, and it's yeah it's nothing short of staggering. It's uh, you know it's the kind of thing where I look at it, and I'm like. This is why other states should be doing this. Pennsylvania will be doing it, uh, you know, either later this year or early next. But, um, you know, if I'm if I'm in the casino industry and I look at the New Jersey example, I'd be saying, man, why aren't we doing that?
0: And Eric, they said as much basically today on some of the things that you guys were listening to. Right. Didn't didn't someone from Caesars come out and say that, you know, all these statements where people are saying that it keeps people out of land based casinos is is nothing but 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 that is just people basically spouting an opinion.
1: Yeah, it's fun. we still hear these occasional references from from stakeholders and lawmakers about cannibalization. And every operator we have on record, the biggest ones in the world, say that it's beneficial to their business. Caesars wants to basically treat online gambling in Pennsylvania as an extension of its brick and mortar facility, which is exactly the way to to view online gambling.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where I think we have a. If we're talking sample sizes here, I think we have a pretty good sample size here to prove that this is certainly not costing people jobs. If anything, it's making and creating jobs, which is certainly something that we want to see within this industry. And it's only going to continue to grow as this continues to expand. Now, here in Vegas, some news came out this week. CG Technologies, if you guys haven't heard about those guys I mean it's one of the actual sports betting companies that hasn't really made any noise here for well for hasn't really made any noise here for any good reasons here uh, as far as partnerships or expansion or things like that but Dustin uh, the bad news did come out here a couple of days ago about CGT uh, they got smacked again um, for for basically what the third time in in a few years right?
2: Yeah, they were fines and uh, for they basically their the, the Nevada regulators are saying their technology is not reliable for sports betting, which is you know so CG, which is you know one of, was original was trying to be a you know somebody who's growing the industry trying to really make some strides in Nevada has basically been told their 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 technology is worthless the company can t- continue but it looks like they have to use uh, some other technology to actually book sports bets in nevada which which seems kind of crazy I, I'm not sure how that's going to work or uh, they're, they're obviously their name has a bit of a brand name like not necessarily everybody knows about all the problems they've had but uh, obviously they're 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 overpaying and underpaying on bets uh, is is what the what the actual complaint from the regulators said, and they they agreed to the settlement, and we're waiting for the final final word. But yeah, this is you know if you're uh, if you're this is not a great. Uh, thing for the future of regulated sports betting or I mean it is good because they're they're catching this and regulators are catching it but um, I don't know I don't know if you're looking at CG as like your go-to if you're if you're an operator in another state
0: yeah and, and Eric this will be pretty interesting even to see how this all plays out here in Vegas I mean you know a couple of casinos that you guys have definitely heard of and probably frequented that are you know mega resorts here and super super nice in the cosmopolitan and the venetian palazzo both use cg to operate their books and you got to wonder now that this is kind of like the third time here in a couple years and even the palms actually um even though it was bought by station casinos they they have a contract in place that is at least going to go through uh the next year or so so even cg is out of the newly renovated palms that that station casinos put a billion dollars in it makes you wonder if these casinos are going to start thinking twice about this partnership.
1: Yeah. I think hard rock too, maybe in that group, there's a lot of the, a lot of the very nice physical sports books in, in Vegas are, have CG technology operating them and these problems, I mean, I, you know, reading up on this, the, it's more than three, it's many problems. It's about a half dozen and it's, um, allowing bettors from out of state. It's taking wagers on completed events and incorrect payouts and all this stuff. Yeah, they may continue to – they may find a way to continue operating in, uh, in Nevada on someone else's software, but has to leave a pretty sour taste in the mouth of their casino partners, I would presume.
0: Yeah, and as Dustin said, that might, might be a tough – Tough nut to crack trying to find partners across the uh, United States as well. Another thing that came out was the Westgate. If you've listened to this podcast, you've heard us talk about their super contest that they have going on over there. It is a football handicapping contest. It costs $1,500 to get in. You pick five games a week. And if you do that, the best out of everyone. over uh, Last year, it paid out over a million dollars. It's anticipated to pay out over a million dollars again this year. They are basically saying that they want to extend their Superbook brand. Their sports book there at the Westgate is called the Superbook. And they came out and said that they're going to be looking for partners kind of across the country here. And Dustin, you know, the first thing that popped into my mind was, yeah, and it's kind of like what we're talking about with CG. There's a little bit of a black eye on CG. And then I'm wondering from the Westgate side of things, how much they actually bring to the table. Because I don't know outside of the gambling bubble, if people really know about the super book or the super contest and stuff, I mean, we live in the bubble, so it's very prevalent to us, and we hear about it and everything all the time. But, you know, I don't know if a you know a a horse racing track or you know whatever it might be an Indian casino or something like that that is going to be looking to partner as these various states open up if it really brings as much you know, Caché as a FanDuel, a DraftKings, or even partnering with, you know, these these other companies that look to expand here in, in the States once they get going, the Bet365s and the William Hills of the world?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of questions about exactly how it would work. I mean, they're not bringing a ton on the tech side. I mean, if you're not if you're not bringing along you know a robust online platform along with you uh, who know i don't know and, and or partners on that front i don't know how how great it is now i, I like superbook quote unquote just as a brand name i think that, that that's kind of cool but like you said i don't think other than kind of diehard sports bettors i don't think anybody has any idea what the sports content the super contest is or or has heard of the superbook or like like you have to. I mean, who's going to the Westgate other than like dedicated sports betters? Like this is not some huge name that kind of. It's not even that well. It's more of a more of a locals place, no, than a than a place that has you know cachet around the country. So yeah, I think there's a lot of questions about what they'll do. You know, I think there'll there'll be somebody who they'll pitch and they'll they'll find a compelling argument. But I'm with you. I don't think I don't see the Westgate becoming like or the Superbook becoming some some national book that gets, it really catches on.
0: Yeah, and, and just to kind of add on to what you said there, whenever you said it from the tech side of things, I mean, they use, you know, their app is just a skin of the Miomni app that, that several of the other casinos and stuff use here. So they're not, you know, they're not bringing that to the table and stuff. It's just a, a skinned app that they use and, and whatnot. So, Eric, I don't know. I mean, I you're in the bubble but you do live out on the east coast and 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 everything would your would you say your casual group of friends no, has heard of the super contest would you say your casual group of friends knows what the the super book is or even the westgate
1: no no definitely not we're still trying to get people to understand what you know what what sports betting is for the most part let alone what these contests are i do think it's a it's a good brand but to leverage it in a licensing capacity or whatever they're that that doesn't – I'm not sure about that. I do think that maybe we might see a large casino group do something like this. Like if MGM read their own contest uh, across multiple states, I think something like that would could, could be very large. But as far as Westgate doing it on the Superbook brand, eh, I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, and, and didn't I see that the Super Contest still doesn't even have an app for this year, and yeah, hoping the, for the future. Like, are awful, obviously. You need you like know, you we... need like you need an app for this for the Super <laughs> Contest too, right? Like, 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 at this point, we're in two thousand eighteen. Need an app, right?
1: Even the website is pretty, you know, pretty barely passable by itself. So
0: yeah, it was. It, it's interesting. I think that DraftKings actually is probably uh, best positioned to kind of take over. Yeah. Uh, you know the Super Contest. When we talk about like next football season, after they have a year under their belt, I mean, running these big contests, running these different things is certainly something that's right up their alley. They do live finals in DFS with all the different sports. And so I think certainly while you can't do a contest that goes across state lines, you could definitely do regional contests and then have a final in Vegas or something like that or have a final at you know, one of the one of the properties in one of the other states, whatever it might be. So I don't know. I think DraftKings is pretty positioned to do something like this. Of course, if MGM wanted to, they could as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it'd be it'd be pretty interesting to see how that plays out here. But I, I don't know. It was it was some news here in Vegas. Like it was a lot. Of, it was a big thing because obviously people know the Westgate here in Vegas. But I don't know. It seemed like to me it was kind of artificially propped up because I don't really know if it's really news nationally.
1: I think you're right about DraftKings, and I'd be shocked if they don't offer something like that in New Jersey this football season. I'd be shocked
0: yeah yeah i mean definitely why wouldn't they right i mean they, they've kind of got the formula already in place
2: wait does eric know something i don't because i i see it feels like eric knows something <laughs> was that it was that a
0: tease as well i mean oh man I'd be so shocked, many things I tell you, so, so many things so many things to get revealed on this podcast next week guys it's going to be amazing i'm going to hold both of their feet to the fire something is getting broken here on this podcast next week so uh we'll get that done Uh, Drive back to DraftKings here, since we go ahead and mention these guys. Dustin, why don't you go ahead and lay this out here for everyone? Dustin and I had a little bit of a back and forth, and we said, let's hold this for the podcast, for the listeners, hashtag for the listeners here. Um, But you saw a photo of a Major League Baseball player going up and robbing a home run over a fence, and that wasn't the problem, because it wasn't that you had the guy that was hitting the ball in DFS, and that's why you were pissed off about it, but you were pissed off for a different reason.
2: I just have a problem generally, and and I will, maybe we'll get a little heated here, but I, I there's room for for your opinion and in my opinion I think DraftKings still advertising at Major League Baseball parks, uh, and at the same time we have Major League Baseball saying it's not accepting any advertising money from sports betting companies. Well, you know DraftKings, last I checked, is a sports betting company now. They're not. They can't just say, oh, we're a game of skill, daily fantasy. We're doing sports betting too. So the the, the picture that went viral was uh, a a Cincinnati Red uh, stealing a home run in front of the DraftKings sign, and it doesn't make any reference to daily fantasy sports. It just says quote unquote DraftKings with the with the with the logo that you all know and and their their catchphrase, the game inside the game. Doesn't say anything about daily fantasy sports. Doesn't say anything about sports betting. But at this point, you know, I think I think it's it's pretty hard to to, to separate DraftKings, the daily fantasy company, from DraftKings, the sports betting company. They're they're one company, and they're going to be offering sports betting in more than just New Jersey pretty soon. So, I, I yes, I have a problem with – I don't have a problem with DraftKings. I have a problem with Major League Baseball having uh, – saying we're not taking money – advertising for money from sports betting companies out of one side of its mouth and saying, oh, DraftKings, we're going to promote your brand over here. That's my problem.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely see what you're saying there. But at the same time, I mean, these were – these are individual team deals and marketing deals that were already in place. So, I don't really know – I don't really get – where there's kind of a double standard from the aspect of Major League Baseball saying that they're not going to take money from DraftKings because the deals are actually are, are with the teams and and whatnot. So I don't know. I don't
2: I, I don't. I don't want them to not take money from DraftKings. I want them to take money from other sports betting companies. I, I think. I think that's the the hypocrisy. You know, I I rant all the time about Major League Baseball's hypocrisy on sports gambling and other things. I just want them to have. Hey, we're taking sports betting money, or we're not? I think they're taking sports betting money from DraftKings, so I think they should be taking draft. They should be taking sports betting money from FanDuel sportsbook and William Hill. I think William Hill wants to wants to advertise with them. I, I just want I just want uh, a standard that I don't think is ridiculous. Well, I mean, this is Major League Baseball. I don't think we're going to get it. I think they're I think they're fairly ridiculous, especially on the gambling issue, but. Um, I, I guess I do get what you're saying too. Uh, at the at the at the risk of not arguing with you as much as as we had promised, but I I just I have a problem with Major League Baseball.
0: Yeah, I mean I I can see that. I just don't see where it's kind of a slippery slope for them to come in and and go to these individual teams and tell them to not make money off of these companies or or not or, or break these deals that they already had. Uh, in place with stuff like that. I mean, Eric, go ahead and, and uh, agree with me and tell Dustin how wrong me. he is. This don't is drag <laughs> me
1: into your fight and this, make me pick a side. This here. is
0: this is what you. This is this is what we brought you here for. You're, the you're, you're the you're the,
2: you're the, you're the you're deciding vote. Yeah, the, who's <laughs> right or wrong is based on you.
1: You guys have both presented very compelling arguments. I must say. No, I don't. You know, I'm I'm not sure. I'm straddling the fence here. I will say oh. that if you think it's if it's if you think it's hard to differentiate sports betting brands now wait until Buffalo Wild Wings and Google start offering sports betting and things like this. I I think MLB needs to figure this out and like Dustin said, establish a standard. Okay, I guess I agree with Dustin there. Need to establish a standard here, not just MLB, uh, other sports leagues need to figure out what we're going to do about advertising sports betting because it's not just going to be casino companies and sports books; it's going to be mainstream, um, mainstream companies that that are going to be involved in sports betting going forward. So now, that's I'd my. Even, that's I'd my even opinion.
2: be I'd even be fine with it if they just if they clearly say it's daily fantasy they're promoting. I mean, even then I could be behind it. They're just saying they're just putting the DraftKings logo, say, "Oh, here DraftKings, this is good. We're go go play at DraftKings." I mean, that could be the sports book if, or it could be the DFS site. I just want, I just want, I want. Major League Baseball to I'm i I'm, I was gonna swear there I'm gonna try to keep clean <laughs> for, for the families out there I just want Major League Baseball to get off its effing high horse yeah. and 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 not be stupid. That's so right.
0: so this was actually something that I brought up when the NBA MGM deal was first announced because they were talking about how MGM was going to be the you know official gaming partner of the NBA and. Th- part of all that was that their only real exclusivity part was all that with, with all that was they were going to be the only brand that was going to be advertised throughout NBA's various channels but these individual teams have deals with DraftKings and FanDuel and you can be watching an NBA game on any given night and as part of that little rotating sign thing that they have on the side of NBA courts you're going to see a DraftKings or a FanDuel logo well if I'm MGM I mean I'm if I signed up to be the If I signed up to be the the exclusive partner here of the NBA, I might have a problem with this or there at least would need to be some sort of guideline set here because, I mean, that's certainly to your point, Dustin, that if you just see a DraftKings logo, no one's going to in their brain go, oh, well, then that must just be for the DFS side. I mean, obviously people are going to associate DraftKings with both at this juncture and FanDuel with both. That's the reason they kept these brands.
2: Yeah, let's port this over to other sports, too. Here's the Major League Baseball policy first off. It says, clubs must inv- uh, We've informed that club television and radio rights holders are approached by sportsbooks to place advertising slash enhancements. Pursuant to MLB policy, clubs must inform their rights holders that they are presently not permitted to accept such advertising. Clubs may not at this time enter into any relationship with a pure sportsbook or with a casino with a sportsbook to the extent that the arrangement involves sports betting. So let's, I mean, ev- like every major casino company as a sports book at least in Nevada if not in the state. So let's say like MGM has sports betting. NFL has relationships at least with uh the Grand Detroit and the Detroit Lions. There's advertising there. Like what where's the where are we draw, we're drawing an arbitrary lie in the sand here that like if the NFL were to stop taking money from MGM because they have a sports book. I do I feel like that's not going to happen. But like this this Major League Baseball policy to me is just is just hack and hide and and just just a, just a silly
0: thing. If you guys want to head over to the lines, you can read in full Dustin's article that he hate wrote as soon as that uh, the news came out. I'm sure he typed very angrily on his computer. And the it was, loud, it was loud. It was
2: like this. Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it sounded
0: something along that, and then uh, you can respond to the entire position there and let him know whether you agree with me or whether you agree with him. Um, and finally, before we get out of here, one of the things that I think I, uh, that is Something that's going to become certainly way, way, way more prevalent in the next three weeks as football season rolls around. And one of the things that I'm already seeing all over the place that just kind of rubs me the wrong way is now that we've got, you know, this whole everyone's so excited and everyone's looking to capitalize on on legalized sports betting and all these things that are going on with all these different partnerships and all these whatever. And then the next thing you see is mainstream media sites and mainstream media personalities quoting lines that they're getting from all of these offshore sports books. And I'm just like, it's not that hard to get the lines to any... I mean, you can literally download the app from Westgate or Caesars or MGM or Stations Casinos or any of these, like, you can look at the app. You can can live out of state and look at the lines and never sign up for an account. I mean, there is literally a button on the mgm app that says skip sign in and just look at lines i mean that you can actually hit the button on the front page of the app here so it's not that hard to get a hold of lines from these legal and regulated sports books here in the United States that we are supposedly so happy about and we want to succeed and that everybody wants to do well here in the States. Like, am I the only one noticing this? Eric, you're on the Twitter a lot, Dustin, you're on the Twitter a lot, guys. Am I the only one that notices this? And am I getting bent out of shape for no reason? Or does it just seem ridiculous that all these people that are going to be looking to, you know, suck the teat of legalized sports betting here in the state, still promoting the the, the offshore books. No,
1: man, this drives me crazy, too. A couple weeks ago in my weekly legal sports report recap on Friday, I called out the Action Network for, you know, they have a partnership with ESPN for content and they're citing offshore books and literally encouraging people to shop lines with offshore books rather than bet on U.S. sites. And that's just boy, that drives drives me crazy, too. I'm right right there with you.
2: Can I use that phrase, suck at the teat of, what is it, legal sports betting? I'm going to get that into a story. Uh, it sounds great. But, uh, yeah, it, but yeah, it's, and it, what you're saying and also portraying offshore lines as Vegas lines, that's the other thing that aggravates me. It's the same. Like, people will say, oh, here's what Vegas is saying. No, you're, you're citing Bovada or something else. That's uh, it's so, like... You should be delineating between legal and regulated sports betting and offshore sports betting. If you wanna, if you wanna talk about them or promote them, that's fine. I'd say let's let's be forthright about what you're promoting. That's all.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing that I don't really understand, especially just from just from people who are doing nothing more than just being talking heads, they're just referencing it for a talking point. It's not that hard to get a hold of a line from a legal sports book here in the states and just reference that line, as opposed to saying like. Oh yeah, you know this this game that I'm looking at, you know, like according to Bovada or according to Bet Online. Like, why? Well, what, what, it, there seems no reason to do that, like whatsoever, when it's so easy to just get a hold of a line where you can reference one of these companies that's paying taxes here in the United States, creating jobs and doing all these different things like that. I mean, I don't know. Just to me, it just seems. I, I don't know if it's lazy. I don't know if it's just people not knowing how easy it is to actually get a hold of these these lines and and to reference those or whatever, but. But maybe it has to do with some of the PR as well. I mean, maybe they're getting fed these lines from PR companies from these offshore books, which, by the way, would be a probably pretty brilliant thing. And maybe they're doing that. I mean, maybe if you're listening to this and you're a gambling executive for one of these legal books here in the States, maybe start emailing your lines out to the media every morning or whenever something major happens. Like, be sure and put out a press release or put it on the Twitter machine or do something. Make it easier to access the information at your books or whatever, and and maybe these people won't be be doing that. Did I just that's some,
2: that's some amazing free advice you just gave to uh, future legal sports books? Like, just to make your information readily available. That's like that's such an e- it sounds like such an easy thing, but if you do that, you're going to see people write about it. That's there's no you're going to see content. You're going to see more interest in what you're providing. So do that absolutely. You're you should have you should have made people pay for that advice. You're welcome, you, America. You gave it away for free. You're welcome, yeah, the
1: problem, America. The Problem is if if FanDuel sent us their lines every morning all we do is is write bad things about the lines. so you know for for new jersey at least there's some incentive to keep those uh, close to the vest it seems like
0: uh yeah you know listen all that uh, l- l- hashtag haters would eric <laughs> hashtag haters would write bad things about the lines like i did like i said i think it's a free market and the the market will dictate if the lines are bad or not i mean I yeah think that's, yeah yeah that's one of those things hashtag haters don't be a hater don't be a hater all right let's just let's let's keep Fine. this let's keep this on the up and up here um all right guys thanks for sitting here and listening to us for what has been a little bit over what is uh our 45 minute limit that we normally do on these podcasts again Please subscribe, please rate, please review thelines.com, onlinepokerreport.com, playpix.com, report.com. If you live in any state where there is and or might be gaming pretty soon, we have a site for you. So be sure and check out all of our state-specific uh, pages that are out there as well who are giving you literally daily information on what's going on from the legislative standpoint and what's new and uh what's kind of uh, what's kind of fishy that's going on out there, so we'd be sure and give you the entire picture with all that. if you want to find Eric on the Twitter machine, Eric, where can they find you
1: uh I don't know how's the campaign to get the underscore out of my Twitter man listen, going? I've written this guy like so many times
0: like i mean i don't I don't know what to do here I mean all right, well just,
1: until then it's Eric underscore Ramsey, I guess yeah
0: you just you have one of those you have one of those uh what is that like a second yeah. rate second like a like a <laughs> yeah. like a second tier like uh, Twitter handles or something like that? I, I, I mean, got listen, the,
1: com- the, the common shares of the Twitter. Yeah, handles. I mean, listen,
0: I can't say much. I am at Matt Brown M two. I had to just yeah. add stuff on the end of mine because when you have a name like Matt Brown, I mean, there's literally like 400 people on Twitter with Matt Brown, like some various form of Matt Brown. I mean, having a last name like Galker, you probably get like all the best email addresses and and names and handles and all that, right?
2: I've got it all. Yeah. Yeah. No underscore Dustin Gauker, G-O-U-K-E-R. No underscore, no numbers, no asterisks, all that. See, uh,
0: that is, that is the bonus to having one of those last names. Let me tell you, you get all the great social media stuff. So (laughs) be sure and take a look at all that. And of course, all of those pages have Twitter handles as well. Uh, It'll be right there at the top. Click on that, follow all those and, and do that so that we can keep you up to date on whenever we post everything. Guys, we'll be back next week. Thanks for being here.